Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast, Week Pastors Podcast. Today, we are so delighted to have you here because we have a very special guest, one of our close buddies, Steve Bang. What's up, Steve Bang? Hi, everyone. What up? What up? Executive Pastor at Metro Community Church. We are so delighted to have him on with us as our guest and we hope maybe for more more, right so are you excited about having steve super excited um don't forget steve is also the co-host of another podcast we need to plug his podcast for him oh we that's right can you plug it yeah plug it so can you please plug let's do that at the end no no no, no, no. i'm gonna plug it from listen yeah, you guys if you have not listened to he is not no happy one's with the way we're doing our podcast right no now. one's listening podcast you have to listen to it it is fantastic all right Wait, current I, events hold I, hold, pop hold culture all that stuff steve so. is not happy no no i'm uh, i'm really happy i just need <clears throat> i just want to give like the the listeners like a peek behind the curtain i literally just signed on and I got really caught off guard just starting the podcast, like, like off the rip. I was like, "Oh, what do you oh, mean? This is just happening." There, there's no. Yeah, oh, this is, is what we'll do. This is what we'll talk. No, it was, oh, we, we just, just flow. flowing. We're free this is, flowing. Wait, do you guys, you guys do this every time. Yeah, just every time. Hit record and just talk. There yeah. is, there is no prep. We just there's go no for prep. it. We just, wow. We're just feeling the energy. Like, and Sue yeah, says no. she's very happy to have you, and she's excited, but she's not going to be excited because the question that I have today is focused around her. So oh. you're not allowed to answer this, Sua. All right. What We're gonna the Steve and I are gonna answer this. All right. So Steve, right. here's the two questions I have about Sua. What? And then we have Wait, a, hold on, hold on. We didn't finish right. plugging the no one is li- no one oh, is listening. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Steve, Steve can you tell us a little, about little your bit. Podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's uh it's a pop culture entertainment podcast that I do with uh our mutual friend uh Jennifer Shin. It's called No One Is Listening. You can find it on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh SoundCloud, wherever you get your uh Wherever you get your podcast. There you go. Yeah. Chen Shen, coolest person on the planet. And no one is listening is not a description. It's just the name. Yeah. The podcast just it, it's it's a very catchy name, I gotta be People honest. People definitely are I mean, it listening. Was, it was clever back in like 2015. I don't know about it anymore. You guys have start you started it in 2015? No, I don't know about 2015. It, it was like 20 it's Dang. it's been like six years now. Dang. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. All, All five right. of our listeners are very <laughs> very loyal. We don't have. Oh, I don't. We don't have the the number. What is it? The number one pi- religious podcast in Guatemala. Three thousand and seventy eight or something. Yeah, yeah. We're not that popular, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. For yeah. you, there, there was there because <laughs> two people listen. <laughs> that's what happened in Guatemala. But anyway, yeah. So hey, uh, so here's the, here's the questions that I have. All right. So the the first question I have about Sua. And Steve, if you have a question that you want me to answer, I, still, about I don't understand what's happening right now. It's, 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 this is fun. He and I talked okay. about this. All right. I want you to no, share. No, we like didn't. What, what are these <laughs> lies? We didn't talk about this at no, all. Well, no, no. All I told him was after our PM team, after our one on one meeting, I said, hey, we have to do something to embarrass Sua. We have to do something embarrassing. She, he's like, yeah, I, I need no prep time for that. He goes, I need no oh, yeah, prep yeah, time yeah, yeah. to embarrass Sua. I just, just ask on the fly and I'll be able to do it. So, yeah, yeah. That's all right. how we so good. Though, on the fly. So here, seriously, here's what I'd love to love for you to answer. What what what's your funniest Sua moment? I would love to know your funniest Sua moment. All right, and I would also like to know your scariest Sua moment. If you've ever had a scariest Sua moment, I don't scariest know if you ever Sua had a moment. Yeah, like a a moment where you were actually afraid of her. 
Afraid of her? How could right. I be afraid of her? Uh, afraid of her, or Should maybe like you were scared for her. I don't know, something like that. Okay. All right. So, what was your funniest Sua moment, and what was your scariest Sua moment? I, you know, I really struggle with the funniest. Your Sua, you're funny, just like conversationally. But I was like, did you do something that really like made me like just crack up? Who and, decided and that this was going to be our opening question? Me, oh, me. Like, like Steve is our no. guest. We should be yeah, talking about Steve him. Steve knows Why? you so well. In fact, I think Steve knows you a lot better than I do. So Steve was going to give us sort of his inside scoop about you, which I think would be great. I think our audience will love this. This is, like this this is, is feeding, abuse of your power. This as is feeding information chooser. to our audience that would be really great, important information. Funniest Sua moment and the scariest Sua moment that you had. All right. It could be like, I don't know. Also, like, why you know, couldn't you just make the question like a lot more like open, like any kind of Sua moment? No, we got, you know, I don't we, think there are any funny. We love, funny we love to laugh at you. We love to laugh. Oh, at thank you. you. Yeah. So it's, it's <laughs> thank a you good so thing. much. <laughs> it's a good thing. So funniest Sua moment, scariest Sua moment. All right. Those are um, very specific. Had. Like those are very specific categories. Yeah. Well, well, listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let's start with Steve. If we can. Let's start with the scariest. I'm still struggling with the funniest. Okay, but let's start okay. with the scariest. You have a you have a scary Sue moment. Hell yeah, I do. Oh, I but do. that's because you make mistakes. Oh, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, exactly. Whereas right. Steve so, never makes mistakes. Well, not ones that like pertain to you. I make mistakes all the time, but like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've. This is why Sue and I will be friends for a long time because I've made some mistakes. She's forgiven me, and we've been able to move on after that, right? So that's, oh, that's I have really a, cool. I have a scary one. I have a scary one. You do? I, oh, I, awesome! I don't know. I don't know if it's like scary, but it was. You know what it is? It's like Sue and I are like. I'd say we're pretty close, right? We're pretty close. Steve, why do you have to say it like that? You you already no, know because because I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. Nah, you're right. You're right. You're I right. Tell you're right. you this verbally all. Yeah, no, no. You're right. But it was like our we uh our first interaction. Do you remember our first interaction was like kind of contentious? Really? Was it, it up? No, no. That no. I mean, like the first time it was just like the two of us in like a room. It really? was. Um, I think it was. I don't know why, but I was in the office waiting for something or someone, and I was just like laying on the couch, and then you like walked in. Maybe we were on our way to like the the prison right wait that's when i met you first well I, that was like Go the on. first or maybe you know what it is maybe maybe that's not the first time we met that was the first like interaction we had or it like the met the memory is like blazed into my mind where um you like you like turn the lights and you know you're just doing the thing you do with like strangers where you're just like making small talk and you're being like likable or whatever and then you I don't know if I was in like a really crabby mood that day. I think back then I was just like always in a crabby mood, which we'll get into like later in the pod. Yes, but yes. um, you said something like, "Oh, um, I know." You said something like, "Oh," you, you alluded to the fact that I was likable, and I don't know why I'm not like this anymore because it was such a nice thing to say. But I did. I like was not having it. I was like, "How would you know?" And you were like, "Oh." Someone I know told me that they like you. Wait, I told you that you are likable? Yeah, or you alluded to the fact that like people 
like oh, people liked you yeah and you know like, that's I a know very someone. common thing to say yeah. when you're trying to form a friendship steve <laughs> and i was like who 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 told you that and you wouldn't what? you wouldn't Mother tell me said that about me yeah you were like you wouldn't tell me and i was like well, then what's and i said something like then what's the point of telling me if you're not gonna tell me who Wow, you yeah. were so I bad. You were I was, naughty, I was, man. I was. Yeah, I, I don't know Wait, what was so, wrong with but, me. But why were you scared of Sua though? Did she like? Because she, like, those, she that, immediately that went from like, yeah, she immediately went from friendly to like not friendly. And I don't know what you said because I blacked out. But it was just I was like, oh, I I regret this like so bad. Like I just, you were, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't. Man, done that. you you were. I overcheated like powered right him. That's yeah. um that's weird because my first interaction that I remember with you is I met you briefly and then I did living it up and then Eddie was helping with it living it up. Eddie is Steve's brother and I kept joking about Eddie being the better bang for your buck and then Steve kept shaking his head at me. Like he just was getting very annoyed. Oh, nice, nice. He was nice. like you don't even know. Like, Yo, I would have laughed at that one, Sue. I would have laughed at that one. Better bang for your I, buck. Wow. I have, a, I have another scary Sue story, actually. All right. What? You have oh, really? They just keep coming really? now. But, yeah. But why were you scared, Steve? You were the one that was being the you-know-what. Yeah, you know what, like yeah, yeah. I no, I was being scared. I was being a total jerk. I was being a total jerk, but like, I don't I don't know what it was. It was like, I because we were going up incrementally. So confused. We were going up incrementally, and then she, like, I guess I hit a point that she was just like not having it. And then it like you I and then you I don't you know hit he, that point with her, it's over. Yeah. And I was like I was like, oh I, I clearly I clearly miscalculated this. Okay. What what's your other one? What's your other one? I'm the other so one was confused. like when I first joined staff, I forget who someone was out. It must have been um Tim who was like running the, the staff not running the staff meetings, but he was like taking like minutes and stuff. And okay. My first job on staff was being uh Pastor Peter's assistant. So like they asked me to to take the minutes and they're like, make sure it starts on time. And I don't know who told me that. But to this day, I'm pretty upset because, listen, it is, you know, 2023 in the year of our Lord. And let me tell you something. We never start staff meeting on time. People will, will get there on time. But even if everyone is there on time, mm-hmm. we don't start on time. And so I was I took it really seriously because it was like one of my first staff meetings. I was like, okay, we have to start on time. And so I would play at like 10 o'clock. I started playing like an air horn sound off my computer. And so you were sitting right next to me. And after like the third or fourth time, you were, you like snapped at me. You're like, all right, we get it. We're adults. And I was like, I'm so, I'm just, I was just doing what I was told. I I don't remember this either. Are you another Asian woman on staff? No, no, definitely. Are you not. sure it was Suo Huang? Oh, oh, I'm sure. Wow, I'm, I'm a whole. So why did we become friends? No, no, this literally yeah, is not the kind oh, that's, of interactions no, that's that leads that, to friendship. Yeah, no, it's definitely not. If it's like two normal people. Oh, oh, great. Wow. You know, but I oh, would geez. not call either of us normal people. Mm, that no. I would never like. I think there are plenty of adjectives <laughs> that describe us. <laughs> But normal is normal is not is totally not one of them. Realm of possibility. I see. I see. Wow. All I right. See. All yeah. right. I like that. I like two that. Okay. really terrifying experiences. Yeah. No. Especially that second one. Like it's like your first day of staff meeting, and then you're blowing the horn, and she's like, 
All right, we get it okay, already. I just think it's no. hilarious that Steve's presenting this false version of himself. No, no, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, as if I, he's by no means. No, 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 no. Ever by be no coward by somebody no, no. yelling at by... him about something like that? <laughs> well, I was so young back then, too. I mean, I feel like the kind of Steve that I know, he would just make the horn even louder. Yeah, no, now, <laughs> who I am now, because I'm so secure. I was not as secure back then. Mm. And it was like, I was so, <laughs> there's such a new environment. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I gen- and that was another miscalculation. It's like my 20s are filled with miscalculations because I thought I was that would be like funny. And you mm. super did not think that was funny. The horn? I, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So my scariest Sua moment. Sua, you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. Is it when you right? told me that I was going to quit because I'm pregnant? No, I wasn't. Because oh. because that I deserve completely and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, but this one you didn't deserve? Tell us. No, 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 no. This is what this one I did, but this one I was hoping you wouldn't find out, but you did. You ended up using your CSI investigation skills and you figured it out. Right? Not the story again. Yes, I have to because that was the only time I was actually so scared of you. I was so scared. Of you. So basically, Sua, she 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 preached on a Sunday. She co-preached with Kevin Swanson, our executive pastor. And former you know, executive she, pastor. Former executive pastor. That's right. Former we executive. We have a new pastor, one in Kevin. town. Right. Better recognize. <laughs> and, and she and she had you know she wore this outfit where i don't know if i thought at least for me at that time i was like you know what i don't know if it's you know if, if it's if it's appropriate or not so i ended up telling one of our female staff members to talk to her about it and because i felt it would be weird if i did and so one of our female staff members did and i it, it definitely upset sua and so i guess sua was thinking i guess when she told me later on she was trying to figure out who said this and <laughs> I think I was getting water and then you called me in to your office. Cooler is right in front of my office. Yes. You called me in and then you kind of asked me. And of course, I can't lie. You knew it was me. Man, I was so scared. I was. What do you terrified. mean by scared? Like, because it's not no, like I'm going to like so beat scared. you up. No, no. What are you no, scared just, of? What could I possibly I was, do to you? No, no, no. I was scared. I was just scared. There was this, this, there was this, I don't know, presence about you. And it was like, you know, you're like savage mode going in, right? And I'm like, holy smokes, I am not going to encounter the wrath. Do you think of this Sua. is why John says that I'm a mongoose? Yes. Because exactly. like, I'm, no. I'm pretty, because he, no. he was no, like, no, 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 no. So, no. so you, no. Saw no. Me, no. you saw me as a rattlesnake and you were erroneous. <laughs> you went at me. Erroneous on all yeah. accounts. No, 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 no. Anyway, so I would just yeah, say, no. That that was a scare, but mm-hmm. I learned so much from that moment because what you said to me was so good. You said, we're friends. Why could it hurts me that you had to go to somebody that you couldn't just come and talk to me? Like if you just came and talked to me, it would have been fine. But the fact that you had to go to somebody and tell them to talk to me, that's what hurts me. Like you and I should have a relationship enough where you can come and talk to me about that stuff. That was so, so like helpful and uh, and it helped me like for future stuff as other staff members and leaders and stuff like that. So you really helped me there. But I tell you, for like that five minutes, I was terrified. Well, I don't know if this helps, but I was pretty I was terrified. I was pissed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I because saw I Savage. Like, you did this to me. Like, see, seriously. Steve, Steve Bang, you never encountered the mongoose. Yeah, but he said he's never yeah, but made I would, a mistake. I would with never. Me. Yeah, I wouldn't do something like that though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I give you that. I give. Okay, funniest Sua moment. Let's go. We gotta get going here. Funniest Sua moment. Funniest Sua moment. Do you have one? <laughs> I, yeah. I can't. I don't know if I can share it. Why? Is it rated R? 
Uh, no, it's not. I wouldn't we say passed it's our podcast. Um, but it's like I mean, but it's like a private conversation. It's a conversation I didn't think either of us would ever have to talk about <laughs> publicly. No, go for it. It's okay. Go for it. You know what I find funny is Pastor Peter is giving you permission to share something public yes, about me. Yes, okay. go for it. Because you have such good discernment. You have such good discernment. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. I'm averting your I'm gonna. So I'm going to say it. And at any point, if you want me to stop, you just do this. Okay. I can't do that because you got to do it for the cast, I guess. Okay. There you go. Uh, or you know what? Let's go. I'll, I'll, Let's go. I want to know. Gonna I'm going to get me canceled. No, no. I'm going to pitch it to you, and then you can knock it out of the park. I'll let you say it again, because I think you're going to remember. I okay. I don't so, even know what you're talking about. This was. So I I listen to you guys every week, and most of the times I actually listen on Mondays. And so, what like when the episode comes out, I I'll listen to it, and I'll actually live tweet. To she Sua. does real time tweet me, or so I'll I'll, I'll I'll text her as I'm listening to it and give her like real time yeah. feedback, and then I forget what you guys were talking about. It was maybe like the fortieth time you guys were talking about your bodies, and then I had we asked... d- just recorded an episode and we talked about our bodies again. I know. I mean that what I'm not really that? surprised. <laughs> um, and so I I had Sue. I had asked you. Oh, hypothetically speaking, um. Like if you were single and you had oh you can 10 share that. chances. Yeah. Ten yeah, chances. Right. Okay. So this mm. is like a question mm. I have. Yeah. So I have like, no shame. Yeah. I, I don't like people I I don't care like what you rate yourself like one to ten. Like what I think is like more interesting is like if you were given ten random people to hook up with, like how mm-hmm. many of them could you successfully hook up with? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like kind of like a scientific take on like a kind of funny question yeah 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 yeah, and then you know sue being like the intelligent woman she is she asked all these like clarifying questions about like kind of like oh is it 10 like people that i'm attracted to i was like no it's like they're all random you know uh race ethnicity socioeconomics (laughs) status age like all of it is randomized Mm -hmm. so you get 10 (laughs) random people and so for every 10 how many do you think you could get to like hook up with you and then your, your question was, um, then you asked me, you were like, what time of year is it? Can I wear summer clothes or fall clothes? <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> and I just, it just caught me so off guard. You got to be specific. This is science. I mean, I just, I, you know what? I, I, maybe, maybe other guys think this way, but I've never thought about, oh, like the, I, it, it makes sense, right? Like, how, absolutely makes sense. How, how revealing can your yes? Be? No, but it, I've just—I guess I've never thought of my body as like an asset in that way. And yeah. so when you ask, like, oh, like, can I wear summer clothes? I, I just—I just, totally just just—I just want to clarify and say that I don't really think it has to do with my me considering my body an asset. I think it's more the, the way men's brains work. Yeah, yeah no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Versus just, how I women's just, bot- I, brains work. So, so what did you right? say? What did you say? Did you say summer? Oh, I, no, he I just, just like, laughed at me. I just laughed. Oh, okay. I was like, whatever you think gets you like a higher number. <laughs> okay. And then what did she say? If he's really invested in this conversation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm invested. What, what did she say? Uh, you know, I'd have to I'd have to look it up, but I think she was like summer close it is. <laughs> what? Some, and then she said 10 out of 10? I think, no, no. no I said 10 five. Out of 10? Five, I think. Yeah. Five out of 10. 
I think you said five out of really? ten. I thought that was yeah. a little low, but I thought that was a little Sua, low. But... Come on, Sue. No, I'm no. a little disappointed. No, but it's not. <laughs> I, I think she's. I think it's closer to Wait, the I'm number look it up now. than it than it isn't. Yeah. If you I'm search our conversation you and you do like, just type in the word summer because we never, we never talk about summer. I'm gonna um, literally search it right now, yeah, and I will let it. you know. Yeah. yeah what are you searching? Worry. Summer. Yeah. So she's looking up the. You can look up like Google almost like terms, specific phrases or words in a conversation. And it'll, it'll bring it up the last time you mentioned. Summer them. is no not bringing way. it. Maybe close. Are you serious? Maybe close. Yeah. That, but anyway, anyway, we'll, that. Okay. I'll, I'll find the air while you're, while you're, um, while you're looking that up. But yeah, so All she, right. she had said five and that doesn't sound like super funny. I'm sure there are a bunch of people listening to this that yeah. are not yeah. laughing, but I thought that was funny. If you, if you know, Sue, I just like, it's like a side of her where you know she is so like that is funny modest and um yeah. you know, like self-deprecating and so to hear her yes. gas herself up in that way when it comes to physical attraction yes like yes. anytime Sua taps into uh like complimenting herself or like her dark side it brings me like so much joy because she's always like so modest so anytime no. she taps into sin I f like brings me. I didn't realize I was tapping into sin. I mean, you like you, you, like just leaning a little, a little bit yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, because she's so straight and awesome. narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I agree with that. Narrow, but, but she, no, she's, she's so kind of like by the book. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. Uh, but the thing about the only thing about Sua, like what I've noticed, Steve, is that when she compliments herself, it's always something that she doesn't do well. She only compliments the things that she doesn't do well. But she'll never compliment herself with the things she actually does well. I'll be honest; I have no idea so, what that means. So basically, like she <laughs> no idea what you're saying. She was trying to shuffle a deck of cards a couple episodes ago, right? Yeah. Why like, do you always bring up the cards? <laughs> she was so bad. She was so bad. She goes, "What are you talking about? I'm so good at shuffling cards." And everything. I'm just like, no. And then, and I just noticed. I'm like, I noticed this pattern about you that when you know you're not good at something, you like always try to like. You know, like talk yourself up yeah, about it because it's funny. But when you're actually, when you're actually good at something, you actually play it down tremendously. But what tremendously. is the point of like talking about how good I am at certain things? Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I mean, all I'm right. not so trying last, to be like, you know. It's right, so the funniest moment for me. So I'll just say recent because it's. Just, I was trying to think about like when we were working on staff. I'll say the funniest moment recent was that when we were doing the podcast, and I asked you though, what would be your worst day? What would be your worst day? And I and I kind of said I think your worst day would be like if you had like five appointments and John made you late to every single one of those appointments mm -hmm. and then you said well if that happened I would cheat on him. You well, said that. I, I, I said, said that was yeah funny. that would also be his worst day. It would yeah, simultaneously yeah, yeah. be my <laughs> worst day but also his. I thought that was worst so funny because I, I I just I laughed so hard when you said that so I thought that was hilarious. It was hilarious. So anyway, all right. Now I do have a, a question for all of us, all right? For all of us, and I more questions. There's more. <laughs> one, one, one. Last, last one. All right, this is not funny. This is serious. We gotta be honest about this, and I think it segues into our topic today. What is your greatest fear? What is your oh, greatest easy. fear in life? Right, that 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 you like. If this happened to you, it would terrify you. All right, greatest fear. Easy, go for it, Steve. Oh yeah, I'm I'm terrified of dying. I mean, I you both know this. I've talked. I'm I'm so I terrified of dying. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Uh. Yeah. No. I'm I'm like completely terrified of dying. Okay. 
Wow, at, at your age, usually like you know, it doesn't happen to you. Like, the hell is that supposed to mean? Being that young and being like a friend, usually young people never struggle with. Oh, Dude, I, you're I, being uh, so abrasive. Yeah. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Abrasive. What does that mean? What no, but it's mean? like I feel so attacked. No, no, he like, didn't say what does that mean. He says what the what 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 else word he used to? What else word? You can't even say it. That can't even come out of your I'm your moral mouth. I'm sorry. It's just like, but you knew that about me. I've talked to yes. you about this. I've received counseling from you about this. <laughs> I'm like, what? why right. am I being judged now? You've, you've counseled no. me through this. Oh, about the fear of death? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Oh, interesting. What oh. about you, Sua? What, what's your greatest fear? Well, you know what? I did not have, I have, I did not have a fear of death. I'm not trying to brag this. I swear it's going yeah. somewhere until yeah. I had kids. And now I, mm. I am scared of death because I think about, yeah. I think about who's going to brush my kids' hair when I die. <sighs> Um, their hairs look crazy every morning, and I just imagine them going into school wearing the clothes that they pick out for themselves with the hairs oh the way they are, or like packing their lunches and things like this. Like, and so I really sometimes wish they would grow up a little bit. Not that like it would be great if I died of their teens, but at least they'd be a little bit more self sufficient. There's this like element, like when John and I go on flights together, I seriously sit there before takeoff, and I'm like, if this plane crashes and we both die, what is going to happen to my kids? Um, mm. And so there is that, but I wouldn't say in general, um, my fear is bugs. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I'm so terrified of bugs. I am so <laughs> irrationally afraid of bugs. Like I can't, I don't even know. Like I'm a pretty logical person. So I can tell myself like this cockroach cannot do anything to me. Like this stink bug cannot actually hurt me. And, but it doesn't matter what I know in my head. I just become like this psycho person when a bug You're is like near me. You're like my son Christian. You're I just like start my son screaming. Yeah. Like I start screaming. My son I Christian could, gets yeah, just... his grandmother to kill a bug for him because he's yeah. terrified of it. Steve is also terrified of bugs. I'm terrified. I ruined my wall in the garage <laughs> How? because of a bug. There How? was a there was like a centipede on the wall, and I didn't want to touch it. And I was worried if I tried <laughs> to kill it with like a napkin or paper towel, I would miss, and then it would like crawl on me. So I got. One of these like sticky pads. I was like, "Oh, it's a sticky pad. I, it can't escape." So I smacked it with the sticky pad without no. realizing. Now I have to pull it off the wall, and I couldn't pull it out. And when I ripped it off, like the paint, oh my god, came off. But there was still some sticky on it. So I was like, "Oh, I'll just. I'm an idiot. I'm like totally irrational when it comes to bugs." <laughs> That's so what then I, I said. grabbed. Yeah. So then I grabbed a napkin to try to wipe off the sticky part, but then the sticky just caught the napkin. And now yeah, I just have. I just have nap napkin on like pulled off paint in my garage. Well, oh I can gosh. also confirm that Christian is terrified of bugs. I was driving him one time to pick up like food and there was a bug in the car and he took off his seatbelt and jumped to the back of the car yeah, and like terrified. didn't tell me why. He didn't tell me why. Yeah, he just did it. Right. I thought he was possessed. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, so it was when he was a kid in, uh, I think, uh, middle school. One of the teachers like to just ask the question, yeah, what is your greatest fear? And people like the kids, classmates share like real stuff like, yeah, my greatest fear. Oh, no, no. What? Yeah. What did you go with my fears? Like, you know, losing my parents or like they're saying like really deep stuff. And then they say, what's your greatest fear, Christian? And he said, bees. <laughs> and I was just like, allergic? oh, my God. Not like, allergic? Huh? He's no, he's just oh, terrified oh, of bees. Because if you're allergic, that makes sense. I mean, anyone in our generation no. who grew up watching My Girl, I feel like understands the fear of bees. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, for me, here here's a legit fear. Like not to say that yours isn't legit. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Are you like, invalidating my fear here? I, a little Why bit. Are you being so abrasive, right. Sua. 
Why be so <laughs> abrasive? STFU, so, so, Steve. <laughs> stop talking in these like letters, man. I don't know all of it. All right. So anyway, okay. All so words are made up of letters, out. technically. You all, yes, all words are made up of letters, but these like these acronyms you guys are using. Um, <laughs> for me, my greatest fear, if I'm just gonna be really honest, is my greatest fear because my my girls and my 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 kids are so good kids. They're such good kids. My fear is like that my two girls would meet like a terrible person and somehow that like, they would like get married and they would hurt them like deeply, deeply hurt them. I don't know what I'm capable of doing if like my girls were hurt by their husband. Wait, I don't know can what I I'm ask, capable of How doing. come you don't have the same fear for Christian though? If Christian was hurt that way? Yeah, like how come you're only worried about your daughters? No, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what's the difference? Well, I don't know. I, it's a very good question. I think for me, like, I, my girls are so impressionable. Hold on, like, why Christian? is Steve like dying? Why are you laughing so Steve, much? Steve, what just, is the problem? I, it's just like when you <laughs> why said is your that face about so Christian, red? It's cherry red. <laughs> because I'm trying to hold it in. But when you said that about Christian, I just, I, I just personally can't imagine Christian because like. I mean, this is like a really weird thing to say, but like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm like I'm on like text threads with like Christian and stuff, and like I I got to know him like playing video games and stuff, but it's like I just can't imagine he would any sort of discomfort. He would just be like, I'm out, like I don't want to. Yeah, do exactly. I'm out of here. Like, like I'm no, done. Like, first of all, oh, okay. first of all, he doesn't like like I, I know I know like I, I did ask him one time. I was like, hey, are you actually like attracted to women? Like I just want to know because. He doesn't like, and like he never like my girls like oh he's so cute oh my god I want to date this so like they're like already like ready for a relationship Christian nothing never doesn't talk about anything like that so I think I guess that's probably one of the reasons and he's just kind of like I don't know he's just so nonchalant about idea of dating or connecting with a girl something like that so I don't know he might be and he just doesn't tell me but my girls are a lot more open about it with me you know and stuff like that so I just I just worry about both of them like. I guess what, what I worry is because I can't beat up Christian's wife, but I can certainly beat up Kayla and Christina's Taking husbands. a really weird trajectory. It just always comes back to like physical violence. Yeah. <laughs> like no, no, no. So I, what I fear is <laughs> I, I don't just, just fear how much they're going to be hurting. I fear what's okay, going to happen to yes. you. Yeah, I was just going like to clarify. So, do to so the guys. fear has nothing to do with the hurt that your children experience. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's actually it's what, what it'll make you, you do. Will do. Yeah, what he will do in response. <laughs> That's exactly. It's like, I'm so, well, I would feel terrible. Like, I would feel terrible about, because you're right. See, now you guys are like my shrinks think. here. I would feel terrible about Christian too. I see. But I would never entertain the idea of striking his wife. But for Christina <laughs> and Kayla's husband, oh, you better, you better be sure I will be enforcing mm -hmm. some level of physical force on these dudes who hurt my girls. I, this is really sure. incriminating. Just FYI. Yeah. Yeah. You better be sure. So anyway, I know a pastor that told one of his uh, daughters, uh, girl, he's older. He's a lot older and I won't say who it is. He said to the guy, he said, don't think I don't have anything left in the tank to beat you up, to beat your ass up. He like, he actually said that he goes, he goes, I will get on a plane and fly over. And I will beat your ass. But depending up. on how this person looks, I feel like it could be laughable. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's true. it's 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 laughable. But anyway, but that's it's a laughable. that's a legit fear. Okay. 
That's a legit fear of mine. It really is a legit fear of mine. Because I think I'm pretty good at handling my emotions and stuff like that. But I think that would be like crazy Peter. Like I was tracking yeah. until like when you yeah, got to the yeah. whole part about like, oh, yeah, like I don't want my children to get hurt by, you know, irresponsible yeah. and abusive yeah. partners. That made all sense. <laughs> but then when you switch to like, because then I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, again, I, I was tracking me. too because, it, you know, for me, I thought it's because like you've seen so many unhappy marriages, you know, and you're like, I just don't yeah. want that for my daughters. And then you, but it wasn't, it, that's not, that's I, not what it was. No, it's like, true. Like, I don't oh, want that Christian. for my daughters. I would be sad. But like, I was yeah. like, what about Christian? I'm afraid. Like, oh, Christian, I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, because like I don't think you'll put, but also because I couldn't ever beat up a woman. So, yeah, there's, like, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm powerless in that situation. I'm powerless. I'm powerless. But with the dude, you better be sure. And I got some friends that will Bonkers be happy to join me. They'd be happy to join me on the beatdown. Oh All right. Awesome. Anyway, so we just want to we want to spend the rest of our time really talking about something incredibly important. Incredibly. Maybe they should have prepped. This is completely crazy. No, no, this is great. This is great. Steve, uh, the reason why we asked you to come on the show, and this is the reason why audience this isn't just to laugh and have a good time, but uh, Steve has been on, an, I think, a pretty incredible journey. Um, he worked in the IT professional. Once he graduated from Rutgers, he worked in the IT field. He actually, you know, I think you did like security systems, right? Like, like helping, like you work with like some celebrities and stuff like that. You like set up <laughs> securities on oh, their. Yeah, actually. I was I was about to be like no, but then you're jogging my memory yeah a little bit. Right, yeah, that was right. Part of it, yeah, and I'm not going to share who, but like you would go. Yeah, to please don't, please don't. I had to yeah. sign an NDA. Please yeah, don't. Yeah, so making sure that you know that they couldn't get hacked and all that kind of stuff. So you had, in terms of quote unquote, like you had a, a good paying job. You know, I remember you treating me to a dinner of sushi. Right, last time you ever treated me to a dinner of sushi. These are right? the things he remembers, we... Steve. Yeah. I know. So um, that was excellent meal we had together. But you, you, you did your kind of, you know, you did your thing. Like you graduated, you did what was kind of expected of you. You worked a good job, had a good career, all that stuff. <laughs> and then just fast forward, like whatever, a couple of years, um, you had a moment in your life where, and I think so many people have this moment. But the problem is, is that when people have this moment, they ignore it and they just kind of push through and they just kind of do the typical everyday, well, I'll just stay in this job, whatever. It makes money, successful. I guess I'll be wealthy or successful, whatever. So it's worth sacrificing my life for, right? Most people just stay there and they just keep moving forward. But you didn't. You stopped and you said, I got to do something about this. I got to change. And I, I wanted to talk about that because trying to figure out like what you're going to do with your life and all that stuff. And I want to I wanted you to take us back to that time when you were kind of going through this, like you had a good paying job, you graduated college, things were going well. But yet there was a part of you where you're saying, I don't know if this is really what I was I'm here for. And now, you know, you're here and, you know, we'll talk about this. But, you know, years later, you worked at Metro. You've been working at Metro for a while, but just this March. You've been promoted to become the executive pastor of Metro Community Church, and you are doing a stellar, sensational, sensational job at it. I, I love, I love. It's great having you on as EP, but like, there's just a real transformation that I've seen, and I would love to kind of talk about that as well because I just think a lot of our listeners, and there's so many people in our church where they're just struggling because they're just like, "Well, I got to do this job. My parents pay so much money for tuition." Um, this job pays well. I'm married now. I have kids. I got responsibilities. I got bills to pay. And so I have to keep working at this level to live up to our stand, to increase our standard of living. 
But all that stuff kind of changes. Can you just share a little bit with us? And then maybe Sue and I can kind of add some questions in between. But I think this would be really important to share a little bit about that story. Yeah, yeah, sure. Wait, do you really? I, I know I asked you this before. Do you, do you really think most people are like miserable at their jobs? Oh, I, I absolutely. Absolutely. Most people are miserable at their job, except for John Huang. John Huang is doing what God created him to do. He's well, John Huang loves his job, but he also keeps quote unquote joking about retiring at 55. Oh, but um, that's not because he doesn't like it. That's because yeah. he wants he, to farm. Yeah, that's because he's a farmer. <laughs> he has art. other interests that he was born yeah. in the wrong century. No, he's gonna he's gonna buy a couple thousand acres in Yellowstone. He's gonna get his Dutton hat and he's gonna do his thing, man. He's gonna run a ranch. That's what he's gonna yeah, do. Four thousand acres in Yellowstone. <laughs> anyway, Steve, back to you. Yeah, Steve, so, yeah. come on. All right, so yeah, this I, was... there's a lot of people that don't like their jobs. There's a lot of people that are just doing it and um, because they have to, because you know we're kind of brainwashed, being told by our parents you have to work and make a lot of money. That's the goal. Your goal is that that's more important than anything else kind of a thing. Well, Steve, so, so tell anyway. us, like, did you like, because well, when you were in IT, did you like your job? You know, there were parts of my job that I, that I enjoyed. I enjoyed like the helping people aspect. I appreciate, I really, I really enjoyed like someone having a problem and then me like fixing it and then being like, oh, thank you. Like that was so helpful. And now I can do this and like helping people like, get their job done or helping mm. people like achieve their goals. Like that part okay. was really, was really satisfying that that's uh, I remember like when I, cause I had a few jobs in it and like the last one I had, they asked me like what I enjoy about it. And I, I told them straight, I was like, I'm not good at this, like the technical part at all. I just really get joy from like helping people. And this allows me to, to help people. And so, yeah. So this is like about, about 10 years ago now. And it, like quitting your job and deciding to like take that kind of a risk it sounds like because uh, i thought i had to go back because it's been so long it sounds like it's like one giant decision but it wasn't it was like the culmination of a of a bunch of different like feelings and emotions and thoughts that i had at the time so i'm oh god how old am i, I think i'm like 36 yeah <laughs> 1986 36 right if yeah. it's if I'm later this I, year, I don't know. My math is terrible. Uh, yeah. I think I, I'll be honest. Yeah. I was looking yeah. at Sua. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're not looking at me for yes. that for that calculation. Right, yeah. so You're I'm, turning I'm 30, 37. I'm turning 37. Yeah, yeah. So, like, job, I remember Sua. growing up in like the the 90s, and this is all like pre 9/11. This is all pre 9/11, and so yes. like part of growing up during that time, especially like in once I was in like my mid to late. 20s like coming to terms with my relationship with being like this is going to sound like it's unrelated at all but like being american and being christian like growing up during that time because like part of being an american i feel like especially pre-9-11 was like loving democracy right and part of like loving democracy was like tied to like the economy and like the, the economic system in america right and part of growing up in the 90s was like kind of being fooled into thinking that like america was doing god's work by like going into mm -hmm. countries and freeing them yeah. from like oppressive yeah. and outdated regimes and implementing democracy. And part of implementing democracy was like uh, implementing like free market economies in these countries and specifically like capitalism, right? And I, I remember being taught like early on that like capitalism was the best way for like a country to experience uh, economic growth, right? Mm. And then like post 9-11, there are all these things that like, you you kind of like realize right and one thing was like uh the the whole notion of like capitalism is like the only way for 
like countries to experience like economic growth and China was like hold my beer you know what I mean mm. <laughs> and then yeah. um and then we woke up especially like during like the uh the Iraq like invasion it was like we woke up to the fact that like, America was not freeing these countries out of like the goodness like of our hearts but uh it was like for resources mm-hmm. and for like oil you know and so I'm processing all of this in like the 2000s because of like you know c- cable hadn't like totally taken over by then you still had like local news but then you know i'm seeing all these like articles online and like kind of being enlightened to all this for the first time and i'm Mm -hmm. sure like people like people much smarter than me have known this forever but for me personally that was like the first time i was realizing all this stuff as like you know someone like becoming an adult you know yeah and so you know i i graduated from college and i started working in it and as i'm working in IT. Um, Why did you choose IT? Oh, I didn't choose it. It was like the only option available to me. So like I I resonate a lot with uh with high school students that like hate school. Like I hated school. I wanted mm-hmm. to I I never enjoyed studying. I'm an advocate for cheating. Um <laughs> I just think I mean as an aside I just think cheating is like really underrated I th- like <laughs> nowhere after underrated after after like school at no point are you like you're not allowed to ask anyone for help you have to do it all by yourself and like you have no resources you know what I mean so I think if like I think cheating off someone who doesn't know you're cheating off of them that's like immoral but if you and like a group of friends who like agree on so it's it, about consent. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm all about consent. It's, it's all you about know? consent. Yep. So if you know, it's like it requires resourcefulness. It requires planning. You know, it's like anyway. So it's real I'm world training. Yeah, exactly. I hated school. <laughs> um, and I didn't know what to study. And I think I my I have an older brother that you know Pastor Peter alluded to, but. Um, I asked him and his friends if any of them had like internships at their jobs and one guy didn't. It was in IT. So that was really all it was. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Okay. So you kind of fell into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I super fell into it. Yeah. Huh. What What would have been like the job that you would actually, if you had a choice at that? Wait, you can, just I, can I answer college. that? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why do you? How do you know? No, no, no. She knows I just feel me. like, I, no, no, no. I, no, I don't know if this is the answer he would say, but I just had a conversation with Steve. A while ago, and he said he had really wanted to be a pro athlete. <laughs> no, I'm talking about something that's actually he's capable of doing. Okay, okay no, I, no, but that's no, what I don't, I don't, I don't. There are like lots of people I don't trust. I don't, I don't know if I trust guys who like didn't at one point want to be a pro athlete. Yeah, I, I want to be a pro athlete. Yeah, every, every, every only guys. Every guy. But here's the problem, Steve. Yeah. I have the body to be a pro athlete, but I just don't have the athletic ability to be a pro athlete. That's like the worst thing. Ugh. Eh. I don't know. You do. Okay. You have. Anyway. You have a great body, though. No, but it's not about body. <laughs> you also have to have like the act. It's not just about yeah. being a certain height. You have to have like all of the things have to come together. Well, my, my you know what? He, all, I was gonna say you. Says, you have the mentality to too. I do, but I just don't have the athletic ability. But my my son said something to me in the car that brought me back to my college like colleges when I played basketball with my friends and they asked me if I could dunk. Um, my son just he said, "You're such a waste of height." I was like, "Dang, said it like, too." Why, yeah, like, so why mean. you gotta be? Like, why do so you have mean. to say that? So it's because he's going through his own personal, you know, development right now, where he's trying to get big and he's probably very. If he was my height, my size, 
my weight. Try to be compassionate. He would, he would, he would, uh, call division ones would be calling him right now. Yeah. But anyway, okay. But, but what was, what would be, what have, what would have been your ideal job when you got out of college, Steve? I do, I always wanted to meet Marv Albert. I loved Marv Albert growing up. He was an NBA totally uh, commentator. I could totally see you being a sportscaster, working on ESPN or something like that. I could totally see you doing that. Yeah. Totally I always wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You would be great at it. You would have been a great player. That or I always wanted to be, um, like a, a professional wrestling, like bad guy. Wow. But I don't have the body was, for that either. What, what, what was your major in college? Can I ask? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You can, you can ask me anything. Uh, yeah. it was, it was communication because, um, okay. There was like two reasons. One is like, it seemed, it seemed, it, it isn't always, but it seemed like the easiest. It had some of the easier classes and it was like, it's like 70% girls. Like maybe more. It was like eighty percent girls. Yeah. Like some classes, there I was one of like two or three guys. Mm. This is like this is reminding me of my nice. neighbor who told me that her daughter had to choose an instrument to learn in sixth grade, and she said she chose a trumpet because it only has three buttons. You know who else played the trumpet? <laughs> you in fifth grade, yeah, because it, it, it only has three buttons. It only has three. It only has three buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great minds think alike. Yes. Yeah, held to the uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So your communications major, you went into yeah, IT. Communications major, yeah. going to IT, and it was like somewhat related, not really, but but yeah. somewhat. And so you know, I start working, I start generating income, I start being able to like live, live on my own, yeah. and all the stuff that I'm thinking about, like reconciling with like my patriotism and the things that I'd grown up with, and reconciling it with like being a Christian, right? And then mm -hmm. I remember reading this very specific article where i made a certain man and i have this spreadsheet where i keep track of you know my income and my expenses and i'm like man like i wish i just made like 20 percent more if i made 20 percent more i would be fine and mm. for whatever reason like a few weeks after that i tried looking up the article so i could send it to you guys but i can't find it i read an article that was like they had taken a survey of people across all income levels so it was like people who uh, live in poverty all the way to people who make, I think they capped it at like 200K, something like mm -hmm. that. Right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, how much more would you need in order to be comfortable? And everyone said 20%. So it was relative. And I remember that mm -hmm. opened my eyes being like, you know, there's a chance that no matter how much money I make, I will never feel like it's enough. Mm -hmm. And that that terrified me. That yeah. like really terrified me. Wow. I was like, is that possible? Like, is it possible to yeah. that there will never come a time? Like, unless you're like insanely wealthy, right? Well, I just always feel like I just need a little more, mm. you know? Mm. Um, mm -hmm. And so Can that I, was on. like, yeah. I have a question. So you, you keep talking about being like your whole two -white dual identity of being an American, being a Christian. What? do you mean like did you grow up in the church like what when did you become like when did you start identifying as a christian like what did that mean to you no. at that time yeah i you know so yeah i grew up in the church my mommy used to take me to church uh on sundays Bonnie bang yeah no she's all right <laughs> she's the best, um, Bonnie bang the best. <laughs> no she's 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 cool she's cool um she's the better bang for your buck <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say it. Go on. I hate you so much. Um, yeah, no. Uh, so I grew up in the church, and it was hard, especially in like a like a Korean like immigrant church. It's hard not to associate wealth with blessing, 
And so, you know, I and you know, my my parents, especially my mom, she always wanted it both ways. She never wanted me to choose. She wanted me to have both. She wanted me to have salvation and uh, you know, have a relationship with Jesus, but she always she also wanted me to be successful right. in a worldly sense right. as well. And and mm-hmm. to her, it was it wasn't choosing. They were they were connected, like wow. blessings yeah. meant yeah. God would make me successful in this life. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I couldn't I couldn't separate the two. And and I I keep for me, like it was tied to the country I was born and raised in because that's why they came here. They came here to right. like, experience like uh mm-hmm. financial success. So it was all tied together. It was all it was all related. Faith, success, patriotism, like choosing this country for them. So it, it was all it was all tied together, you know. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so keep going, man. Keep going. Yeah. So the first part was like realizing, oh my god, like no matter how much money I make, am I always going to feel like I need a mm. little more, and then mm. I'll be, and then I'll be comfortable? And so that was that's like the the most complicated part of it. The rest was just like pure arithmetic. So I was living with my with my brother, my best friend, um, at the time. I mean, he's still my best friend, but at the time, the three of us were were living together. That was like super fun. I kind of miss those days, but uh. I remember we were living in in Edgewater, and for those of you who are aware of like the tri-state areas, like Edgewater is a is a town right across the Hudson River from Manhattan. And so we all three of us were working in Manhattan at the time, so we wanted to find an apartment where the the commute was uh, as little as possible, but while still staying in Jersey. And so it's like a thirty minute like bus ride, like give or take. And I remember just every time I was at the bus stop, I would think to myself, you know, I'm going to spend an hour a day commuting you know it's like 30 minutes there 30 minutes back like and that's like at best that's not accounting yeah. for the the waiting you know like port port authority is like the worst place on earth oh right gosh, it, <laughs> it is, is the hell worst. on earth it, it really is hell on especially earth. the bathrooms yeah yeah you know the I've bathrooms get the a bathroom. really bad rap the bathrooms get a really bad rap but it's not i've seen worse bathrooms than port authority yeah, the, the it's Starbucks the lines. soho is terrible yeah the the lines mm are are mm. terrible yes. where it's it like snakes and so yes. triple wraps you know yes. um and so i was spending an hour a day commuting so that's like that's like five hours a week that's like 20 hours a month there's like 260 hours a year so it's almost a day a month and almost a week and a half a year that i'm just commuting i remember being in line thinking like what a what a waste of time like what a waste of my life i can't believe i have to spend this amount of time going to and from a place i don't want to be it like it'd be fine if it was like i was going to some place like i wanted to go but I, like not only do i have to work and i don't like working i have to spend time and resources going to and from that place and that that mm-hmm. made me like really sad and then i thought to myself like i loved weekends i loved being at metro like because i i attended metro before i worked there and i was like i love being at metro i love sundays i love you know, hang out with my friends on Saturdays. And I was like, you know, that's only two out of seven days that I enjoy. Are you telling me like for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to hate five out of seven days. It's like 70%. Mm-hmm. So it's like, not only is it like a, like a week and a half a year, but if you really think about it, it's like 70% of my life, I'm just not going to enjoy. And I remember thinking like, mm-hmm. you, you asked, you, you, 
you mentioned before, like, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're so young for someone who's like afraid of death. I don't know why I've always thought about the future in that way. Cause I remember being scared mm. of death as early as like nine. And then I remember being in my twenties being like worrying about like 70 year old me. Like, am I going to have to do this until I'm like 60? You just like hate 70% of my life. And that was like so depressing to me. I was like, I can't, I can't mm. believe I have to do, I can't believe this is what my life is going to look like, you know? And so that was really, the i was yeah. like primed and ready to quit my job at that point mm. you know mm. before going to even before going to south africa yeah but then south africa did something to you right so what happened when you went to south africa yeah you know um it's a lot of it is like is doug where he'd gone to south africa the year before and yeah. then i yeah. told him i was going the year after and doug is doug is a friend of steve's also on staff at yeah yeah yep. yeah I, yeah and so he was just like talking to me about it. He'd known I was like struggling with my faith and just like not in a great mood. That's why I was so mean to Sue the first time we met. And then she got really mean to me. And so um, <clears throat> like, I was just like not in a good place in life. And he was like, you know, he was like, what, you know, just be open to like what God is going to do in Africa. And mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you know, like that's why I'm going. And then he was like, have you prayed about it? And I was like, no i mean i still i don't i wouldn't say i have an aversion to prayer i just i I don't know what it is but i, I don't i don't like love it you know um and he's like why don't you pray about it I was like, okay i'm gonna I'm, i was like okay fine i'll pray about it and i remember praying uh like the week before we were going and i i remember thinking god i'm i'm open i don't i don't have any requests i don't have mm. i'm not asking you for anything like the only thing is can you can i just like experience you that's all i want yeah all yeah. i want to do is experience you and whatever that looks like i remember god asking me what would you be willing to give up for me hmm. and i was like what the hell kind of question is that and he's like what would you be willing to give up for me i was like anything i'd, I'd be willing to give anything for you because i'm used to answering things in that way yeah. and then i remember god being like really because I, I don't think you would and i was like oh oh maybe i wouldn't and i remember hmm. thinking he was like, you know, would you give up? Um, oh, this is so embarrassing. He was like, would you give up your job? And I was like, oh, that'd be really hard. I don't know if I could. And then he was like, would you give up uh, like your fitness? I'm, I'm not in like great shape. At the time, I was in pretty good shape. I have a picture. I still have a picture that I sent to my wife back then of like after the gym. And she's always like, how come you don't look like this anymore? I was like, okay, I'll try. I'll try. But um, <laughs> she was like, I, I remember God being like, you know, would you give up? your body you know like would you give up your fitness like how you look for me i was like oh, i don't i don't know about that and it, like the list kept going on yeah, and on yeah. about things that i realized like you know i say with my mouth i would give up anything for you but I, he kept bringing things to mind that i just would not be willing mm. to give up and he was like until you're ready to give up these things like how can you you can't experience me like fully wow and i remember being like okay fine yeah. you know what fine it would be hard, but I think I could do it. Just let me freaking experience you, please. You know, um, mm. and so then I went to, <laughs> then I went to. I, I again, I was a really crappy person. Okay, I was a really crappy person back then, and I went to South Africa, and I regretted it immediately. I, I, I wanted to what? come home. 
We're going. We regret it going. Yeah. We went out to Zamele, which is an organization that we support that we helped st start. And you regret. Why did you regret it? It was so uncomfortable. And that was one of the things God asked me about was like, could you give up your comfort? I remember being there and people had told me you were one of them. And I was so mad at you. You were like, you're going to stay someplace and it's really nice. It's like a bed and breakfast. And I'm thinking it's going to be like, you know, maybe like a two-star motel, maybe like a three-star hotel. And I went to take a shower and I told you I hate bugs. And there, I'm taking a shower with a spider in the Spiders. corner. There's everything in there. This it's, frog, toad, little yeah, frog. I'm like, I can't believe I, I want to go home. That's what I kept saying to myself. Like, I just want to go home. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm the uncomfortable. Dirty. Yeah, I just want to go home. And then after a few days, we had we got a chance to um just spend some time with like the women of South Africa. And I saw them like knitting dolls or something. It was either dolls or like some sort of tapestry. Maybe it was like scarves. And I remember thinking, oh, like these women are digging themselves out of, out of poverty. And, you know, I told you that I was working in IT. And one of the things I hated about working in IT, so one of the things I loved was helping people. One of the things I hated was the pe the kinds of people I was helping. They were wealthy people who could afford the help. And there was like, there was no shortage of people who wanted to service them the way like my the companies I was at were servicing them. And so it was a stark contrast to South Africa where the people I was I was with, like no one wanted to help them. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, like there are so many people willing to help my clients back home, but no one's willing to help these women. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, you know, I, I want to help people, but maybe I've been helping the wrong people. And so that yeah. was really where I feel like God placed it in my heart to be like, like, I'm real. I'm here. You're experiencing mm -hmm. me, not directly. Like that I this is gonna sound really stupid, but I kind of expected him to show up and to see him in his form, right? Like, oh, mm -hmm. the heavens might open and maybe I'll hear from him directly. What I did not anticipate was experiencing and seeing God in other people. And that was like the women of South Africa and God calling me to help people in need, not people who would pay for my services mm. necessarily. And so I remember coming back and that's when I took you out to, to dinner. I was like, oh man, I got to be with this guy. Something's happening in my heart, you know? Um, mm. And I actually have a question for you, Pastor Peter. So when we met up, I was like, yo, I'm thinking about quitting my job. I had such a great time in South Africa and I'm thinking about quitting my job and I want to do something meaningful. I want to do something with, with my, with my life and with my time. And you were, I've, you were so skeptical. You, you, I wouldn't say you rolled your eyes, but you were not surprised. You were not shy. And you didn't really, it wasn't because you knew me. You didn't really know me back then. And I never asked you this, but is it because you'd heard that so many times from people who came back from there? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't remember you saying that. All I remember from that conversation, well, all I, one of the things I remember is how good the sushi was. That was really good. But then the other thing I remember <laughs> was you just Jeez, said, man. I, I just remember you saying like, all you want to do is help people. Like you just want to help and serve people, and that was good. But so many people say that. So many people say, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I just feel like, yeah, talk is cheap, buddy. Like talk is really cheap. So I don't know. So that's why I was, I think I said to you, like, you got to just give us some time and just kind of process this a bit more because like every time somebody comes back from like a third world country, they just want to like 
do something, you know, give. So that's something. not unique. That that's like a pretty no. universal thing. Yeah, yeah, because you know they they think well when you encounter God like that in in a, in another part of the world, and when you encounter God through when you see poverty, and yet you can still encounter His presence through these people, it does something to everyone's heart. But I have seen so many people do that. I have seen people who want to quit their jobs and go out to Africa and like dedicate their lives to that and all that stuff. And so because I've seen people that were like like so committed to wanting to do it, but they never did, I guess that was part of it. I was just like, hey, man, just take a step back. Let's let the emotions of this all die down and let's see if this is really still there. Like Wait, your desire on. to want to do this. Am I remembering this wrong or was there a time when you was didn't it initially start? Maybe I'm wrong. Didn't it initially start where you actually wanted to quit your job and go back to South Africa? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, oh, okay. I, I it wasn't like you did. just wanted to quit your job and do something that helps people, like going. No, to I wanted to go. Back like you literally to wanted South to go Africa. back because oh. I remember. I'm not gonna say who, but somebody was like, "There's no way he's gonna do it." Like there. See, were, this like, is what I'm talking no about. Why? Way. Why do you say? Okay, you're not gonna. I'll tell, tell you me after. Who. I'll tell you after okay, the show. All right. Yeah. All right, you almost triggered. Was me. it me? Was it me? No, no, no. If it was you, I would tell him. Okay, I was like, was it me? Did I say that? No. I, you know, you know, Steve. So that's that's why I might have had a little bit of a reaction to that because you know what? I forgot that you said that you want to go to South Africa. I just, I just, because people go out there and it's like this honeymoon phase. It's like this. Oh, yeah, they see yeah. the. It's like a romantic experience. They get so passionate about it. But like, if you really lived out there, you would know how hard and difficult it would be, and it would be so difficult and taxing. That's why I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know if that's the right thing. You know, let's just settle down a little bit and see what happens, you know, and stuff. Because so many people have wanted to do that, but they've never gone. But I know that a couple people have one person I know in particular who went there and he stayed there for like two, two and a half months in KwaZulu Natal, like staying in one of those like hut like places by himself in KwaZulu Natal. And he said it was really hard, like super hard and challenging, you know, and stuff. So I think probably all that stuff was um, was in play when, when you said yeah. that to me. So. Yeah, so I remember in the conversation, you were like, give it a year. And I was yeah. like, I don't want to wait a year. But yeah. I think it was good because yeah. it. I, I remember I had a financial goal. I was like, I'm going to save up. Because I remember talking to Kolani, who you know yep. um, worked for uh, Zamele uh, at the time. And he told me how much I would need to save in order to sustain myself for another year. And so yeah. I saved that much. And I remember every month that passed, the mm. desire to quit my job and and move to South Africa, it like did not, it, it only increased. It did not decrease every month. Like my anticipation and enthusiasm grew. Um, the only mm. problem was by the time, like, I'm so glad you told me to wait here. Cause by the time a year rolled around, like things had happened where it made it impossible to go out there, but I was still committed to, to quitting my job and just mm -hmm. working a nonprofit then. Yeah. 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 What right, and then what happened? Because I don't I don't know all the timeline. Then the when did when did I ask you to start like working at Metro? When did that all happen? Oh man, so it it's it's like it's crazy. I, Sue, you you don't know this, but I told I told Pastor Peter this. I think it was like a few days ago. So, um, exactly nine years ago on March one, so that's March one, twenty fourteen. That was my first day of like joining staff as Pastor Peter's executive assistant, and then March one, two. 2023 was my first day as oh, executive wow. pastor yeah, yeah, cool yeah. Is so, that? So that, that is pretty cool so i think it, it was like january february of 2014 i and i i remember talking to you and being like yo like i this has not disappeared like i want to quit yeah. my job i know like doors have closed to uh south africa but i i think i i still want to 
I still want to quit my job. And you had hooked me up and I actually used you as a reference. You had hooked me up with a job at a nonprofit in Jersey City. It was a faith-based oh, nonprofit. Oh, I remember that one. Yep. Yep, right. I do. What's it called? I that. Yep. Well, I don't maybe Something we should kids? Okay. Yeah, maybe yeah. I don't yeah. know if we should. We don't have to mention it. <laughs> so we, we, yeah, we don't have to mention it just cuz uh, <laughs> I didn't enjoy working there at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um but the first job, I remember I was going to quit my job in March, March 1, 2014, and I was set on quitting my job. And I didn't have anything lined up hmm. at the time. Um but I think so I grew up like I wouldn't say like in like abject poverty, but I grew up like, you know, like lower class, right? So you know, my parents did not have a lot of money. Um, we could afford like basic necessities, but that that was really it. Um, mm -hmm. and so I remember people asking me like, "What are you gonna do about money?" And I remember thinking like, you know, there are worse things than being poor. Like yeah. if you've never been poor, you think it's like the worst thing ever, and it's yeah. not. It's not <laughs> awesome. It's totally Wait, not no, awesome. No, but Steve, but... I think that's I don't know if I I don't know if that's like a thing you can just say like that because I know plenty of people that grew up poor who still think in their 30s and 40s it is the worst. Oh, possible well, you know, thing. you know, you know what it's it's because yeah. of even okay, so money is something we didn't have, but I have like great parents. And they're they're like really good parents. And I I I recognized fairly early on that as long as I had that, I was, I was like straight, mm. you know, mm. um, I like, I had what I needed. I, I mean, I didn't have anything I wanted, <laughs> but I had like everything <laughs> I had everything mm. I needed. Yeah. And so I That's remember good. having that conversation with my parents. I, they were the last ones to know. Cause I was so nervous about telling them, yeah. which in hindsight seems absolutely ridiculous. Now, if, if it was happening now, if I had the relationship or if I knew everything I knew now, they'd be the first people. I told, mm. you know, but at the time I was just like so nervous because they work so like I, I saw this, this, uh, this on the internet the other day, which is like, I can't believe our parents generation worked for so long at jobs they hated. I don't know if yeah. that just makes me like mentally weak. Cause I don't think I could do that for like even a month now, you know? And yeah. so I remember thinking about all the sacrifices my parents made to get a job, like the one that I had. Like they, I could see the relief in their faces. They were like so happy yeah. with yeah, the yeah. life that like my brother and I had. And I'm just like, I have to tell them that their sacrifice was for nothing. Like I have to tell mm -hmm. them that I'm going to quit and I'm probably going to be poor just like they were, which was like the last thing that they wanted for me. I think they'd rather I be in an unhappy marriage than, than be poor. Yeah. You know, I think I really, mm -hmm. I really mm -hmm. thought that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember sitting them down yeah. and explaining my thoughts and how I felt and and um, it just it just always happens like this. And I'll be honest, like when I listen to your podcast, the part that resonates with me the most is when Pastor Peter complains about his mom. Like that is the part. That, like, that is the we'll part. We'll make sure we that, add more of that. Yeah, yes. that that's the part that fills my heart the most when listening to this podcast because I, I I resonate with that so much, right? And so my mom is a is a Christian. My dad isn't. And I remember sharing them, and I. It, it, the opposite had happened. I thought my mom would be mm -hmm. so supportive because it was so like, uh, so focused on like, geez, I thought my dad would be like, I don't understand this. Here's another family member that is doing something crazy because of this Jesus person, right? Mm -hmm. Who's and the it, other it was family the, member? Oh, my mom. Oh. My mom. <laughs> okay. um, and so my mom was like, oh, are you sure? What are you gonna do about money? What are you gonna do about this and that? And I was like, I'll figure it out. Like, I'm not, I'm not too worried. And then I was like, you know, 
I was like, Dad, what do you think? Because he was he was like so quiet. I was like, Oh my god, she's so <laughs> mad. And he was he was the opposite of mad. He he said something to the effect of, "My dad doesn't use like anecdotes a lot, and he just he was like, I have a lot of trouble sleeping at night." And I was like, "Is this guy going senile? What are you what are you talking relevant. about?" Yeah, I was like, "What? Like, bro, are you listening to me?" And he was like, "I have a lot of trouble sleeping at night." He was like, "Because all I can think about." are all mm. the things that I regret in life. And he was like, more than being poor, he was like, the one thing I would I w- would not want for you is for you to be my age and not being able to sleep because of all the things you regret not doing. That's damn good advice, man. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Dang. And so he was like, you're still young. You still have time. It's not yeah. too late. Just try it. And if it doesn't work out, he was like, you'll figure something else out. But yeah, he was like, yeah. I think you should totally quit your job and just just try something new if you're not happy. And I feel like that was a huge turning point in my mm-hmm. life, wow. you know, where I felt like no matter what, and that's the part that's like very privileged to me. And that's why it's like, I can say things like, oh, there are worse things than, than being poor, you know, or I can mm-hmm. say like, I can take risks and not really fear failure because it's like, as long as I have my parents' like approval, you yeah. know, as long as I know that, and that is like unshakable, I'm like, who cares if if this doesn't work out? Like, who cares if I make a choice yeah. that goes wrong? Like, what is it? Like, what does it matter? You know, like mm. I'm straight. You know, I'm fine. You know, like, I'm Gucci. You know, I'm Gucci. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Oh, wait, now PD's and- gonna start saying that. Is Gucci? I like that actually. That's Gucci. That's so, that's not that's not new. That's super old. That dates it? me. That's yeah. Don't okay. use that. Please. I know there's a song that has that word Gucci. So that's that old because my kids started saying it. Okay, <laughs> but so Steve, and then so then I know I I helped you get a jo- I, I helped you get a job at this place, but then I asked you also to come on staff to be my assistant. Ugh. Like, what was that? I what was that thought? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I'm an IT professional, whatever. Now you asked me to be like your assistant? Like, like how did you oh, process no, no, that? No, 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 no. You were the one that had to process it. I remember very specifically the shout outs to Angie Bay, one of my faves, you know, yeah. my dog for life. She was your assistant at the time. Yes. And she yes, was yes. thinking about like stepping down. Or I'll be totally honest, I might have incepted the idea <laughs> to her. Because I, I remember asking her like, oh, why are you his assistant? Like you have so many other jobs and like, yeah. you know, like prestigious jobs. She's like an entrepreneur. And she's like, you yeah, know, I never thought serious. about that. And then I was like, oh shoot, like, is she going to quit? I was like, well, if you ever think about quitting, can you like put in a good word for me? And then she was like, would you want to? I was like, yeah, I think, I think I would. I was like, hell yeah. And she was like, a few weeks later, she was like, you know, I, I am thinking about like stepping down anyway. She was like, would you want to be his assistant? I was like, if he'll let me, you know, for sure. Yeah. And she talked to me and you called me and I was that there was no, I didn't have to think about it at all. That was like an easy thing for me. You were the one that called me. You were skeptical. You were like, Hey, so you used to work in IT. I, I don't you even remember be my this, assistant. man. <laughs> yeah, I, remember I remember where I was. I remember I, I was in yeah. my apartment and I was home by myself because I didn't have a job. <laughs> Both my roommates were, were at work and I was just walking throughout the apartment yeah. just yeah. talking to you. And you were like, well, I mean, if you want to, you know, we can give it a try. You're like, I think you're a little overqualified, which by the way, I was super not. 
I know on paper it seems like that, but two very different skill sets. Very two different. Very yeah. different skill sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I'm actually also, pretty underqualified. I'm also previously a pastor PR's yeah. assistant. Yeah, I know how hard Yo, that I job think is. All, we should make a podcast have, of just all of my just pastor all of my Peter's assistants have become my real good pastor assistant. Great friends. Yes. Oh my goodness, that's, that's freaky. All of my assistants become yeah. good friends I of let, mine. I will just say, to this day, the my favorite job I've ever had was being your assistant. I remember asking you like, oh, if I if I <laughs> want to pursue being an executive pastor at Metro Community Church, does that mean I have to stop being your executive assistant? And that was part of the I know it's that true. was part of the calculus. Like I that is one thing I would I never wanted to I feel like I had to grieve the loss of many things being a <laughs> pastor. And that was one of them. That's amazing. That's crazy. I was we like, did Steve, love being your assistant. I was like, Steve, how could you even ask that question? You can't be my assistant and be my EP. I was like, that just makes oh, no yeah. sense. Yeah. I was like, it makes no sense. But okay, so then you took the jobs and you, yeah. So like, like what started like this thing just started changing for you now? You started working at Metro and then you ended up doing fifth, uh, fourth, fifth grade ministry. Then you did Metro Life. You started yeah. adding more responsibilities. Like, how was that experience all like for you? Like as you were getting more oh, involved awful. In, the, in the life of the church? Oh, it's awful. It was What's like, awful? I, you know, it was I, awful. You, you know what it is? I, maybe it's, and you guys can kind of tell me what, what you think. Cause I only know how I think. So I don't know if this is particular to me or if this is how everyone is. Um, I'm just like not an ambitious guy. Yeah. You know, I don't want to climb the ladder. I don't want more work. I only want to do less work. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. being your executive assistant was, that was the only time the work was like fun. Cause it was mm-hmm. like, you and I got to talk and we would work together. And it was great because it was so low stakes, you know? Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, it was like, I could give you feedback if you asked or if I wanted. But at the end of the day, I had, there was, I wasn't liable for anything. Yeah. It was so yeah. low stakes, but I got to spend so much like time with you. And for whatever reason, like all these like opportunities kept opening up and you guys kept asking me to do them. And I kept trying to say no, <laughs> but you guys wouldn't let me. Yeah. And so you, you, I was like, Oh man, like another thing, like I was like, I, I'm, oh, I'm open to, I, I'd always say no. And then whoever was asking me was like, well, why don't you, can you think about it? And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess I should be open to it. Only a fool would say no, like without <laughs> actually thinking about it. And then I think about it and then I pray about it. And then I would say no, but then God would say yes. And so I have to obey because only a fool would disobey, right? And so I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Hmm. Even though I, I don't think I can do it. And then I would do it. And then that just kept happening over and over and over again. You know? Okay, what it was did like, you get? So you started mm-hmm. as the assistant and then what happened? Then uh, And then I was a fourth and fifth grade fourth ministry fifth grade, director. Yeah. Right. Right. And right. so I was half time at Metro and half time at this at this nonprofit in Jersey City, right? That shall not be named. That shall not be named. And then uh, Metro Life, which is our after school mentorship program, uh, a position there opened up. And then so I remember having to quit, not having to. I had never put in a, my two weeks faster in my life. I had it ready. It was in the drafts folder of my email, and I sent it. Gave my two weeks there at, so I could do three quarter time mm. at at Metro, and then I think the last piece was helping Pastor Sunita, who's been a, a previous guest on the pod, yeah. uh, being her assistant under the uh, Justice Advocacy and Compassion 
ministry. And then I, that's when I became a uh, full-time, that was probably yeah. maybe like six years ago now. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Five, five, six years ago. And, and so, you know, we're running a little bit out of time, but as let me fast forward this a little bit. And so, and then like about a year and a half, two years ago, I kind of approached you and I said, you know, because one of the things I was on a prayer walk and we didn't have an executive pastor at the time. And I was just like praying. I was walking my dog. It wasn't that I was walking my dog, but I was praying. I like to pray sometimes when I walk my dog. And I just said, God, we need an EP. I need an EP. You know what's going on? I was like, Could you please help us to find one. And and these are one of the few times I actually hear directly from God. He said, "What about Steve Bang?" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Steve Bang." I was like, that's, I, "I'm just trying to crazy. imagine what that's that so crazy. even is like." Like God directly yeah. saying, "Was it audible? Was it like, was it audible like or was Steve it a thought?" Bang. No, was I, it a thought? I, I would say I would say it was like a thought. You know, it's Steve. Bang. Like you just came right into my my mind. I was like, I was like, Steve Bang, God. And he's and he's like, yeah, Steve Bang. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if he can, you know, I don't know if he could do this. And he said, you know, this is what God said to me. He said, why do you think I, I'm preparing him, but why do you think I'm making him become a pastor? Why do you think I made him get a license to get a pa- to become a pastor? He's like, I've been raising him up for this. And so I'm just like beside myself. Like I'm like like I'm like walking Kobe like double pace at this point. I'm like, are you crazy? Like this is nuts. And then I see David Hosan. This is why I knew this was from God. I'm walking my dog on a Monday, going through the park to go to, back to my house after my dog does his thing. And I see David Hosan sitting on the bench at the park in which I take to always go home. And I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, what are you doing here? And he goes, well, I'm here to get my car fixed. I'm just, gonna, I'm just here just chilling out. I'm like, I can't believe you're here. I was like, David. God just told me something that I think, I don't know if it's God. This is crazy. I was like, but God just said to me that Steve Bang needs to become the next executive pastor for Metro Community Church. What do you think? And you know how David, he goes, what? (laughs) That's a pretty good impression. Yeah, sharing all the pros and stuff. And he's like, I think Steve can do it. And I'm like, what? I was like, holy smokes. I was like, okay. So So then I meet up with Sunita. I'm like, Sunita, I need to talk to you. And, you know, this is at the time was the PMT. I was like, Sunita, what do you think? And Steve is like, Sunita is like, oh, no, I think Steve can do it. And the last person I knew, I was like, I had to get is his best friend, Doug, Pastor Doug. I was like, if anyone will tell me yes or especially no, it would be Doug. And so I met up with Doug and I was like, what do you think? And this is what Doug, this is like almost verbatim he said. He said, I thought about it a while ago. And then he said, I, have, I will have no problems submitting to steve's leadership and then i was like how could that not be from god at that point like everyone said yes and to cement it his best friend his soulmate said i thought about it beforehand way before and he said i will have no problem submitting to steve and i was just like slam dunk slam dunk and and let's just fast forward you're now the executive pastor at metro community church i mean isn't that crazy? Like, Steve, you would not have been Yo, it's, ready. It's bonkers, bro. Could you imagine if God told you when you're saying, I'm going to quit my job, whatever. Like, if God said, Steve, you're going to one day become the executive pastor of Metro Community Church, you probably wouldn't even like, you probably run away from that reality. That, that right? would have made me say it. He ran away when you told him exactly. to do it. Like, when you told him. Steve, tell him. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. yeah so, so, But that's, yeah, that's I, the crazy thing about God. Like, I think the insight that I want our viewers to, to hear us right now God will never share everything with you because sometimes we don't have the faith capacity to receive it at the time. 
And so like that time when like like in 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 that sushi restaurant when he was sharing with me all this stuff, I had no idea. My I wasn't ready. You know, Steve wasn't ready. But that's the thing about God. It's just the next step, the next journey, what the next step is. And that's what I love about your journey because you just became my assistant, right? And then you took on this fourth, fifth grade ministry. Then you took on the after school program that we have. Then you took on, you know, the Jack. It's just kind of, you grew into this. And I think that's the beautiful thing because sometimes like people are like, I'll quit my job, but God, I need to know everything before I take this step. But for you, it was just really like, what is my next step? I'm willing to give everything up if you just show me the next step, is that kind of accurate there, Steve? Or my, Oh yeah, for of, sure. And yeah. again, this is like part of the privilege. Like the reason I was okay, not seeing the, the full picture was because, um, I had like, my parents were so supportive. Like I, there's no way, there's no way yeah. I could have done it. Yeah. If, you know, yeah. I didn't have the mom I had, if I didn't have the, yeah. the dad I had, if, you know, I didn't have the best friend, you know, soulmate that I, if I didn't have the brother I had. And I, you know, also like, she was my girlfriend at the time, now a wife. But I remember asking her because we were dating while I was still working in IT. I was like, "Would you be okay if I, like, would you still want to date me if I quit my job and thought about <laughs> make, working like, in nonprofit?" <laughs> I was like, yeah. "She was like, well, what would be the implications?" I was like, "You'd have to be the breadwinner, <laughs> and I was like, you'd have to support us." And I was like, "Would you be okay with that?" And I think she struggled with it i mean she was so young at the of time of course she did she was like she was still in grad school and she was like she thought about it. and so like shout outs to her you know she's the best and she was like she was like if you're okay with it she's like if you really want to do it she was like and we weren't even engaged yet we weren't like that's when we you knew i got married this woman oh yeah, i knew way earlier i knew way earlier oh, okay i knew before we were dating <laughs> okay. but she was like yeah no she's like i i think i could do it and i'll, I'll support you I just, oh, that's wow. why for me, it's like, I can't really, even when you ask me to come on and talk about it, it's hard for me, not because I'm humble, because I'm not a humble person, but it's because I, I, I just know so much of it is attributed to like so many other people. It's not just mm -hmm. me. Like if I, who knows, if I had a different set of parents, if I had a, a different girlfriend, if I had a different best friend, if I had a different brother, like, I don't know if I, if I had a different pastor, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could have done it. Wow. I think the beautiful thing about the story is simply this. Like when God called me into ministry, I was working in the marketplace too. And all I knew, I had no idea I was going to plant a church, was quit my job and just go to seminary. That's it. I didn't know what kind of ministry I'd be doing or any of that stuff. And I think that's really important to discern, like as you're trying to discern calling and what you're going to do. A lot of times we just like, we want to know what, what the final stage is. And I don't even know what the final stage is in my calling in my life. But I just think we just have to figure out what that next step is. And so, Steve, can I just can I give can I ask you to encourage our audience, especially for those who might be really struggling, um, really be struggling perhaps with their current job, they're unhappy, they're struggling with the daily grind. Uh, what would be like your advice for them? Because they feel like there's something more, and they don't want to just kind of like do this for the rest of their life. They feel like they're gonna waste it. And maybe like, what would you like to say to them? or advice you'd like to give to them. I think that would be really cool for them to Yeah, hear. sure. You, you know, I, it's nothing from me. I'm just going to forward the advice that I got, right? And which is from my dad. It's like, it's never too late. You think it's too late and it's not. I promise you it's never yeah. too late. You take a look at the Bible, man. And it's like, you, like we think of like young David as like, man, he like, he like, 
you know, he took care of Goliath at like such a young age. But like most people, man, you take a look at Moses, you take a look at Abraham, you even take a look at Jesus. Like they all started like way past their primes. You know, yeah. it's like never even David. Never I mean, between his anointing and when he yeah, actually true. Became king, actually becomes like, king, right? Yeah, yeah. like he's yeah. on. You know, my man is on the run in the desert yeah. for like so long. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like yeah. his skin is leather by then, and so <laughs> it's like it's never too late. And I, I promise never you, too like, late. in hindsight, mm. I know we. It's like. There's this, and and social media only makes it worse, right? And like internet only makes it worse. Our phones just make it worse. But like everything is about like um, instant gratification. And I have found yeah. that God never works that way. It's always yes. delayed mm-hmm. gratification. And mm-hmm. I would say this: Come on, baby. never never think of what you're doing as a waste of time. You are gathering and sharpening tools for the next thing. So even for me, like yeah. I'm I'm not like oh, if I had done certain things sooner than i would be where i'm at now just like sooner and that's not the case yeah. i feel like part no. of the reason yes, right. i'm good at the things that i'm good at mm-hmm. is because of you yes. know those terrible jobs and like miserable jobs that i had like i'll give you an example even like being on executive pastor it's like a lot of the things that i saw in the business world of like oh this is the way things are done this is how you do yes. this this is how you do that that i saw yeah. that were lacking at metro i bring those things to the table and i can only do that because i had those jobs and those experiences. So like, it's never, it's never too late. That's right. And, the th- and you're not wasting time. I promise exactly. you the things you're learning, even if it's like, yep. you're not aware of it, yep. you are gathering and sharpening tools for the next yes. thing, for the next opportunity God is giving you. Cause even if you, I'll, I'll even go this far. God is so, he's so creative and good at redeeming things. Even when you say no to a door he's opened, he will find a way to continue to use that experience for the next door he opens for mm. you, you know? Yes. So it's like, yes, yes. It's never too late. That's the first. Thing. And the second thing is like, you just, you, we talk about our fears, right? But, mm. and I really am scared of dying. I'm so terrified, but you and know, bugs. I think some, and oh my God, I'm scared of bugs too. But you know, when I think about my dad, I think I'm not going to, I'm hoping by the time I'm like super, 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 super old, I won't be scared of like dying or bugs. What, you know, I won't be scared of anything because I won't have any regrets. So like, don't yeah, think about like right. yourself now. Think about yourself like yeah. later. You know, like you don't want right. to. You don't want die with regrets. We're all gonna die once one day. You know. That's right. That's right. And if I can just encourage everyone as well who's listening who might be struggling, or if you're sharing this podcast with somebody because you feel like they need to hear it, um, take that step and. You know, like as I see it now too, and this is just for me, Steve, and I think it, it you can re- it resonates with you as well, as well as you, Sula, because you left working as a social worker at Columbia Press and you came and worked at Metro and took a pay cut and all that stuff. But like people will often say, wasn't that a big sacrifice? Like you used to work for NBC News, you know, you used to, you know, work there and you had a pretty good job making good money and stuff. And I always said to them, I was like, no, it would have been a sacrifice if I stayed. It would have been a sacrifice if I actually stayed at those positions and not take that step of faith of whatever that next step is and go to seminary and 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 become a pastor and learn and all that stuff. And uh, Jenny and I still talk about those three years that we had um, in, in seminary in California were like three of some of the best years we've ever had in our marriage. And we still talk about it. We reminisce about it. And it was really that step of faith that we took. So it would have been a sacrifice if I stayed and if I continue to just work at the job that I that I that I worked at, do you guys agree with that? With you as well? You know, 
That was so long. I don't know exactly what the question is. <laughs> What's the question? Oh, no, exactly? say, was it a real sacrifice for you to quit oh, your oh, IT job? Man, you you know the answer, sis. You know it wasn't. Yeah. You just you know the answer. You no. just want me to say it. No, it wasn't. Yes, a, right. It wasn't, it wasn't a sacrifice at all. Like you know, I've said this before, but like what I gained far outweighs like what I had to sacrifice mm. in that moment. Mm. Um, like yeah, are there things that I couldn't afford that I wanted? Like. Yeah, held to the yeah, uh, you know, of, yeah. of course. But because I had everything I needed, and I, you know what it is? It's mm -hmm. also specifically because the things that I gained were things I knew that money could not buy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. My relationship with my parents, my relationship with my yeah. girlfriend at the time, now my wife, um, like the support and the love that I felt, I knew like no amount of money could buy that. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm still at it. Like I'm a net positive in terms of like, what I gave up versus like what I gained, you know, I, I'm still, gaining, right. it's still net positive. Not to say there's mm -hmm. no sacrifice, but what I got, I was like, I would pay for that. Yeah. I would pay for yeah. those things. So, yeah. You know, you, you too, you feel the same way. So about you when you quit your job? Yeah. That's why I always felt so bad. Every time, like you kept saying I took a pay cut and I'm like, who cares about a freaking pay cut? Like I don't have nightmares anymore about my work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I still have, oh. you know what? I still have nightmares that I forgot to do intake on my patients. Um, oh, and it's, okay. it's been like how many years, but I will also, I will also say it was such a joy being in, like when I used to work at Columbia, I would sit there and look at the clock and be like, when can I go home? I've already eaten my lunch and mm. it's 1030. So what will I do for the rest of my day? Yeah. Like it was so sad. But then, yeah. you know, when I was leaving Metro, I remember that last week we were at staff meeting and Kevin said, Pastor Kevin at the time, the former EP, told us to go around and talk about like how we were feeling about our ministries. And it was my last week. And I just remember the feeling, the overwhelming feeling I felt was not like, oh my gosh, I'm finally done. I can like retire. It was like, man, I wish I had given even more. Um, like I really wish that I had given even more. Um, and that was not something I've ever would have felt in any other job. I would have always felt like, how can I do the bare minimum and just be done with this place? But I really wished I had been able to give even more to God's work at Metro. So, yeah. Oh, okay. That's Listen, great. Yeah, I what's your this, question? Yeah. I know so this you is your question, podcast right? and you're saying we're running out of time, yeah. but it's not my podcast. So I don't care. So <laughs> I have a, I have a question. Okay. Yeah. I have a question. And this is for both of you. Do you think everyone, cause like, I'll say this. I haven't been a pastor the whole time I've been at Metro. That's like a very yeah. recent phenomenon, right? That's maybe yeah. like three years ago now. So the first six years of Metro, I was not a pastor. I had, you had asked me to consider, and I, I said no. That's one of the best things I'm, I'm yeah. good at. I think maybe that's why I was such a good assistant to you because I love saying no. No to people. Right? No to people. No to God. No to things. Right. Oh, I just great. love it. I mean, no, I don't love saying no to not God. Not to your oh, wife, right? though. You do not say no to Janelle. <laughs> no. Oh, my Steve, God. Steve that God is what it. I'm scared of most. <laughs> it's not dying. <laughs> the thing I'm scared of the most is my wife. I just realized that. Stop she it. supersedes death. Oh, no, I geez. love her so much. I love her the most, but I'm also scared of her the most. Uh, anyway. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So that's like the first six years. Didn't want to be a pastor. And that that's like very recent. And so my question to you is, do you think everyone is called to ministry in some capacity? And here's yes. the reason I bring it up, right? Because in Acts 2, right? That, like not, no, because this is like, because that's kind of where we talk about like, oh, you hear churches talk about this all the time. It's like we want to be an Acts 2 church. We want to be an Acts 2 church, right? Because in Acts 2, it sounds, it sounds like, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm no theologian, but like 
it sounds like everyone quit their jobs, right? Sold their positions and shared. It wasn't like, and again, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't sound like there are some people who are like, no, you keep working because we have to finance the movement. Yeah. Some of us yeah. will quit. Not all of us will quit. Mm. So mm. it was like, it seems like all of them were doing yeah. in some capacity ministry, whether I'm not all of them were like preaching and, and teaching, but all yeah. of them were doing something. And so my question to you is in some capacity, do you think everyone is called to, to do ministry? Uh, and it's like yes. a full and like the primary work status, not like, Oh, I'll volunteer on the side. Oh, Oh, uh, well, I think, I think people are all mm -hmm. called to be ministers and missionaries in some ways, but it could be like wherever it could be like in their job place. It could be them as a teacher. They go in there wanting to minister to the people whom they're working with and working for. Um, our job and our calling is more than just whatever we do for our job, but it's our calling from Jesus and from God is to expand his kingdom. Right. So that's his I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut you off. Real quick. So you don't think not, yeah. not everyone is, I just want to clarify, not everyone is called to quit their jobs. Not everyone is called to quit their jobs. Not everyone's called to quit their jobs and work at a church, any of that stuff. But people are called to doing the things that God has called them to do in the sense of building God's kingdom in that way. And I do feel like some people have to quit their jobs because they only got into their jobs because they want to make money. And and not that, can God transform them while they're working? Of course, but I think for some people, God has like plans. He's He's created like pathways for them to to live and to also pursue a vocation where they're just really passionate about. God really loves us. He's created us with passions. He's given us the things that we love. And you know, I shared this with you recently, Steve. But like you know, I talked to like over the years, like two interesting two people that work in in Wall Street. That work in the finance industry. And I'm just, I just get shocked when I just ask them. Like this one guy I asked, you know, working at in Wall Street, and I said, Hey, what what would be your ideal job? Because he was so unhappy in what he was doing. And he told me he wanted to be a high school gym teacher. And I think I might have shared that before. Mm -hmm. And I was just I was blown away. I was like, I can't believe you want to be a high school gym teacher. And you're doing it. And I'm like, why can't you do it? And he goes, Because my parents spent so much money on my MBA, all that stuff. I can't do it. I gotta continue to pursue this. I asked that somebody recently and I said, what would it be? What would be your dream like job if none of like money, education, circumstances wasn't an issue? And he said this to me, he said, I would love to be a guidance counselor at a high school. And I just, it just broke my heart. Like God has already given you the passions of your heart and you can't pursue this because of the quote unquote pressures of your family. And that's why Steve, it's unique that you have parents like you did, but also the pressures and, and 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 the overwhelming thing that you kind of grew up with that you have to live a certain life, be successful, and maintain a certain um, lifestyle. And this person can't be doing what he wants. These two people can't be doing what they really want to do because they got to keep up with the Joneses, and they're willing to sacrifice a passion that God has given to them in their hearts. And uh, and I think that's the most tragic thing. And I felt really sad. So I do. I, I don't think everyone is called to quit their job. I think some people just have to have a refiguring, reconfiguration of just understanding. No, my mission field is my work. I can do that. And my mission field is also in my church that God is bringing me to serve in the church as well. But there are some people where there's going to be major pivots like that. Quit your job and do this, you know. And I just I just wish people would do that more rather than just staying where they are because I've never seen it end well or not, i haven't seen the end of everyone but i've never seen it gone well for people's futures when they continue to do something they hate and when they know that their god is kind of leading them 
or reveal to them a passion of them and their a passion of their hearts in terms of a, a vocation. And they're not pursuing that simply because it doesn't pay. It doesn't pay the kind of money that they need to support themselves or their families and things like that. I think Can that's I, incredibly um, sad. So this is reminding. Yeah, I want to. I want to know what's uh, it. No, 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 no. Because I was listening to. Yeah, another I want to know. I was listening things. to another podcast, and they were talking Holy about. Holy Post. I was, was listening to the Holy Post. No, it was the Holy was Post. Um, <laughs> I do listen to yours, but it wouldn't have any <laughs> no, relevance don't. to this. No, you don't. Current question. I do. Not all yeah. the all of them, but I listen to the ones that in- interest me. Because <laughs> I don't watch all mm. the movies. Okay, but anyways. Um, in this episode, they were talking about paganism being on the rise in the in the around the world. Mm. Um, and they were just trying to talk about what paganism is. And one of the hosts said something very interesting. He said, but let's not pretend that there's not paganism in our churches and in our own religion of mm. Christianity. Mm. And the other one, other person was like, what do you mean by that? And he said, hey, like one of the staples of paganism is this philosophy that we are here to do God's work. And that is why God puts us here. Like God can't do these things without us. And we're here to serve our God mm. by doing his plans. But that's not our sole purpose. Like if we reduce God's purpose for us to just doing his little works here and there, and that's why we exist, yeah. that's paganism. And he says, or, that's why yeah. it translates to people fighting now over putting the 10 commandments. If we just stick a 10 commandment picture on our classroom, then gun violence will end. And exactly. all of these yeah. other things will end because, you know, wow. that's paganism, you know? And it was very interesting because I think a lot of times, and I don't think, I don't know if this is answering your question, Steve, I don't think it is, but it was just, I was thinking about how sometimes we, what God wants for us is to, glorify him in everything we do, right? And a lot of times that works in the the partnership that he offers us in, by putting us into these locations with things that make our hearts full and joyful. But at the end of the day, it's a, like we talked about with the sacrifice. A lot of it, a lot more of it has to do with our own our own spiritual formation and our character development and how God reveals himself to me than even the work that I'm doing in my mm. circumstance, right? Because Mm-hmm. God's ultimate desire is to be intimate with me and for me to be obedient to him and to and like yeah. Steve's prayer was to reveal himself to me as fully as he can and yeah. I think that's ultimately why he has this fellowship with me it's not because he wants to use whatever gifts like everything is his the earth is his that's right. like he, everything is his he can do whatever he wants he doesn't need me yeah, and I think right, a lot of times right. we really pervert that by thinking that our job God just wants me to do that. And that's not what it's about at all. Why are you shaking your head? I just love hearing you talk about God. It's just like poetic. It's so beautiful. Yeah, you're when you're a different person now. It's like since you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Since you know what you, it is? Oh since you PP and I have to clear out. Like we have to clear out. And I just, I love when you're. You, you just it's just so beautiful to see I'm you just speaking. plagiarizing the holy post no no, no. you're just you're PP's doing in something. the right corner it's... i'm on the left corner we're clearing out that's right and letting you go one on you're in the center girl you that's right you're, you're this listen being speaking in tongues people it's the, it, it really happens today i'm just getting ready to, look, look to shoot her. the spot up three you have the you have the rock right now i'm just clearing out letting okay. you dance Take your defender one on one. PP and I so, are on the All these different analogies are coming together. Well, everything you're saying is so beautiful. And I hope our audience really listens to that because it's so true. And uh, God doesn't really need us. We get it's a privilege and an mm-hmm. honor. And so it's like, big facts. See it that way mm-hmm. and understand that, you know, whatever it might be, if you're struggling, like, listen, I hope Steve will make himself available. You know, Sue and myself, of course we can. But if you're in that place where you feel lost and you're really struggling because you're incredibly unhappy with your job 
and there are pressures that you feel from whether it's family or society or whatever it might be that's just causing you to like just stay in bondage to this job that you mm -hmm. hate and just you don't want to be a, you don't want to do anymore please please reach out to us you can reach out to us personally steve what's your email address uh come on now <laughs> uh it's uh why don't you go through us we'll filter it for you yeah 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 yeah, yeah. let's yes. do that let's okay do that. all right let's do that. all right yeah email sua at weekpastor.org or peter at weekpastor.org and we'll we'll filter it but we'll also be happy to to pass it along to steve because this is this is important we we want you to get to a place also where you two can be in a real good place be happy not happy to experience joy of the Lord as you're pursuing things and impacting people's lives and expanding his kingdom. Steve, anything you have to say before we yes, call it Steve. a close today? No, no, I just thank you. Thanks for thanks for having me. I've been waiting a long time to get an invite. So it's nice to finally get one. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, don't worry. This was really fun. This was really fun. And listen, you and I will come on again and we'll we'll do some more things to embarrass Sua. This will be nice. No, next this time we good. we're gonna get you. Yeah. Sue and absolutely. I will come up with a thing. He and I are actually gonna oh. prep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. All righty. Well, listen, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We do hope that if you do like this uh, episode, please share it on your social media. We love, uh, you know, word of mouth promotion. That's like the only promotion we have. So please make sure you do that. Share it on Facebook. Send it to your friends. Talk about it. We'd be so thankful. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye.